The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Every month? Every month. <laughs> right on. Well, everybody, stay tuned for a special discount code good for your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. From deep in the bowels of the USS Cerritos, welcome listeners, cadets, junior officers, and all-around non-coms to the podcast that barely goes where any podcast has gone before. What kind of trouble did Boimler, Mariner, Tendy, and Rutherford find themselves in this week in the latest episode entitled Cupid's Errant Arrow? Well, let's find out. My name is Dan Davidson, I'm back, and this is Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion presented by Fansets. Each week we're here to break down the latest Lower Decks episode and have a whole lot of fun doing it. We like to consider ourselves the finest waste extraction team on the USS Cerritos, because when we aren't cleaning it up, we are dishing it out. And when I say we, well, you will find no one better to handle waste extraction than these wonderful people, and I can't thank them enough for steering the ship while I was away last week, no how, no matter how much of a train wreck it actually was. First up, <laughs> wow. she, she loves to talk Trek with her good friend Haley over on the popular Rewind, the Hot Mess Star Trek podcast, right here on the Tro- Trek Geeks Podcast Network. <laughs> As, Welcome back! That's good to be here. As Jefferson Starship likes to say... Sarah, Sarah, storms are brewing in your eyes, and no time is a good time for goodbyes. So uh, her name is Sarah, like I just said. Welcome aboard, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Ah, good to have you back, Dan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not up yet. You that be song quiet, was ruined. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. And you know, and this guy right here, who's coming up next, he's a producer on the Trekkies Podcast Network. Um, but as far as I know, there's never been a song written about him. So hi, Casey Shafsky. You've never heard the Ballad of Casey Jones, circa 1909? No, no, Casey Shafsky. I, I used to be Jones. I changed it. <laughs> so, okay. Well, all right. Well, good to have you here. And uh, then <laughs> there is this guy. He filled in for me last week, and based on the feedback that I've heard, I will do my best to never leave you listeners stranded ever again. I'm just kidding, buddy. I'm just kidding. He's my, he's my dear friend. He's my brother. He is my amazing number one. He Aww. is Bill Smith. Hi, Bill. How you doing, pal? Hi, buddy. Welcome back. I, I, I do just have this just in from the Podfleet Command Corrections Department. Um, <laughs> Sarah was actually intro? a song. Sarah was actually a song by Starship and not Jefferson Starship. Oh, well, look at you. And the song written about Casey is actually an Elton John tune called The Bitch is Back. <laughs> Damn <laughs> right. I thought oh, it was always Saturday nights all right for fighting, but okay. Oh, wow. I, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's good to be back. Is it? <laughs> it is. Guess okay. who's back? So, yes. Episode five, Cupid's Errant Arrow. That's a, that's a tongue twister in itself. I'm, I guarantee you I'm going to screw it up at least once because that's what I do. Um, so let's get right into ranking this episode. Name, rank. Check off. Pavel. Rank. 
Admiral. Let's start with you, Bill, uh, as the person who um, steered the ship last week in my absence. Uh, what do you think about this episode? Uh, I'm going to give this, I, I think, uh, I wish I could do three quarters, but uh, I'm going to give this a, a lieutenant commander's rank, two and a half pips. Uh, I liked various elements of it. I thought it was funny in parts. There are some other parts that had me kind of scratching my head, which I'm sure we'll get into on deck 47. But uh, all in all, it's uh, it, it's not my least favorite episode of the season, but it's not my favorite either. It's kind of middle of the pack for me. Okay. Good to hear. And Sarah, how about you? Ranking with pips and halves are available. We are not doing three quarters this week, as Bill just said. So what do you got? <laughs> I got a 1.5. Ouch. Wasn't wow. my favorite. Yeah. Oh. It just, you know, we'll talk about it later. It was, I'll be, uh, yeah. I'll be interested to hear yeah. uh, what uh, those reasons are. Myself, I'll get, we'll get to you in a second, Casey. Just pipe down. Um, myself, <laughs> I'm going to actually give this one three pips. I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was funny. I thought it was fast paced. The Easter eggs galore, which I'm sure we're going to get into in Casey's cornea corner, is going to be very interesting. So this was my favorite episode of the season, I think, so far. So I gave it three. What about you, uh, Casey? Oh, I get to talk now? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Good. Hurry it up. Wrap it up, though. Hurry up. Oh, okay, fast. Here we go. Five <laughs> seconds. I give it the full Gladys Knight and three pips. <laughs> wow. Many musical references. Okay, so you liked it. You, so you and I are on the same page, which is nice to see from time to time. time. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Bill, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Bill, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I really missed hearing your recap live last week. So before you dazzle us with that patented Discovering Trek six-sentence recap, why don't you remind everyone how they can let us know if they loved Cupid's Errant Arrow? Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. I love how you can say Cupid's Errant Arrow, but... Screwed up Trek geeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. That's yeah. Uh, I'm so excited to be back. So excited. You know, on both Twitter and Facebook, you can find us at Discovering Trek. In both of those places, you can leave us some comments, some questions, or even tell us if you would want a long-distance Starfleet relationship. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by going to our website at trekgeeks.com. Notice the articulation there. Thank and you, yeah. go, click on the giant blue button on the right-hand side. Please remember, though, that any comments you leave us could be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. Dan. Good vocabulary, sir. Black alert. Black alert. From here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched episode five of Star Trek Lower Decks, stop listening right now. Head on over to CBS All Access or wherever you watch Lower Decks. Watch the episode then come back on over to Discovering Trek. Otherwise, you run the risk of finding out plot developments and character details for Cupid's Errant Arrow. It's time for the best recap in the galaxy. It's the Six Sentence Recap, starring the one and only Bill Smith. Six sentences, Bill, starting now. Go. And action. Okay, here we go. Boimler's got a girlfriend. Tendy and Rutherford compete to get a shiny new T-88 scanner, whenever that is. Boimler and Brinson's relationship seems too good to be true, and Mariner thinks that Barb is an alien or a parasite or something. Oh, and there's a C-plot about a moon that needs to be imploded. Yeah. 
Rutherford and Tendi avert being transferred off the Cerritos by an officer who is way stressed out and make off with duffel bags full of those T-88 scanners. And Mariner and Brinson fight over their protectiveness of Bradward and realize neither is a threat, although Boimler really does have a parasite which caused Barb to be attracted to him in the first place. And now, th this just in from Podfleet Command, everyone, we have a bonus seventh sentence exclusive to Discovering Trek. Here is sentence number seven. Are there any f***ing biofilters on the Cerritos? Whoa! Language! What's that all about? Dial it now, Ensign. I mean, seriously. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> you, you get stung, you get something on your head, everything's uh, welcome. He runs the show one week and he thinks he can do anything he wants. I just, I mean, Bill, I really appreciate you doing your recap, but you've heard Rewind. We're very sensitive about the language. We're very cautious <laughs> and mindful that my ears are absolutely offended by that. That I think we're going to have to believe that, that big time. The, the thing that might surprise most people is that wasn't me reading that. That was you doing an impersonation of me, um, <laughs> like on the last Rewind. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> wow. Thank you, though. That was a fantastic recap, as always. Next, we are moving on to Casey's Cornea corner this is a corner this is a dark little corner that's like in the back of like a warehouse that a few people are gonna go to so i'm gonna wander over there with my snacks and my water and listen as he actually does embrace all the little things that i miss and therefore i need this casey cornea corner to help me <laughs> figure out what did i miss so over to you and those sparkling eyes Oh, oh, well, oh. thank you. Oh. And welcome to the warehouse, young lady. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. There there was a ton of stuff this this week. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in stages. I'm going to kind of go through the first part pretty fast. And then we'll hit some things kind of in depth towards the end. But uh, we said. had... Oh. We had so many references. Another Kirk reference. Another Q reference. We get a Captain Picard day. You know, a little Trip Tucker going on in there. Possible love on the holodeck. And Boim says, nah, not doing that anymore. Uh, Philosian reference from TAS, which, you know, hey, there's a book about that, which you can get. Star Trek official guide to the animated series by someone we might know. That's correct. Mm. Allegedly. We've got another moon blowing up. Thanks, Praxis. Right? All this stuff. We've got T-88s. These scanners are supposed to be sweet, awesome, fix anything and everything. And I looked it up, and T-88 is actually an epoxy, which is a superior epoxy, which does fix things. So who knows if they were I thinking about this. I saw this boat in half. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> we get a callback of throwing a Delta during a request for an emergency beam out. Dyson Sphere from Relics, a Breen Infiltrator is talked about, Holodeck character, Parasites, sexy people in rompers who murder you for going on the grass. Shut up, Will. So we all have that type of stuff. Then I gotta go where we go to what I call the Wall-O Conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Which was red yarn everywheres. Everywhere. Everywheres. We got the humpback whales. We got Lol, we got Sulabans, we got Undercover Cardassians, maybe, the Dura Sisters, Two Barbs, was there a transporter accident, a la Enemy Within, Salt Vampire? I mean, come on. 
there's everything going on here. So then what we had also in this episode is we had a really nice little flashback to the USS Keto. And man, we're at DS9. Terok Noor. Awesome. Yeah, that was just seen as like, oh, and. Big hair. As that happened, (laughs) yeah. Man, Mariner with the bouffant going on. (laughs) But when that scene starts, if you notice it, it sounds like a very DS9 musical cue. Yeah. When they go in there. And the whole difference of you you see a color tone change for the background. There's a more brownish than anything blue or gray. And that was just awesome. And the USS Keto, you know, an Olympic vessel, class vessel. Then getting to the, the important stuff, I found that this episode was very Canadian. So we've got the USS Vancouver, okay? Uh-huh. It's a parliament-class ship. Uh-huh. All right? The shuttles on the Vancouver are Marpole, Fairview, and Kitsilano, which are all neighborhoods where Vancouver, British Columbia. I did my research, dang nabbit. Wow. Hey. All right? Does it also mean, Casey, that the communications network completely goes down all the time? Oh, Totally. Totally. And everyone just goes at a, hey, oh, sorry. But they have better beer. So sorry. they're referring to Vancouver, Washington, to be fair, as the polite Canadian. Maybe, but they're not. There's no, no. No. Because then we get this, we get some poutine in the mess hall, okay? And poutine, it's accepted that it was created in rural Van, uh, probably rural Quebec in the 1950s. Okay. We get, a, we get a California roll also shown there, which was supposedly created in the 1970s in by Japanese-born <laughs> chef Hidu Kazu Tojo in Vancouver in the 1970s. And it was called the California roll because it was so popular with all the people coming up from Los Angeles. We get our flashback scene in the USS Quito, which is an Olympic-class vessel. Where mm-hmm. were the 2010 Winter Olympics held? Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. And kind of last but least on this little bit here, Titmouse Canadian Animation is located where? Quebec? <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver, sir. You're correct. Bill what Moore is Vancouver? Docked points. Thank you. In the form of a question. Lovely. So we got a ton of different things in there. And also, finally, what I saw is, I don't know if you guys noticed this, I saw that they gave, were giving little nods to using the same animation background plates. So when Mariner and Tendi and Rutherford get onto the Vancouver, Mariner is like, uh, guys, it's basically the same ship as the Cerritos because it was the same drawing, just <laughs> colored a little differently. And you can see that in the briefing room. The bridge looks exactly like the Cerritos. And the kind of condescending captain of the Vancouver is like, hey, one day you'll be here. It's like, no, we, we've been there. <laughs> so I found a lot of cool little things in there that I, I dug. And I really liked all the Vancouver references. I'm getting Obviously. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking so. Yeah, nice job. Wow. All right, who's first up? Who's got something else? Come on, Sarah, you got something else, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't know, but I did really enjoy so many references that were to people, like talking about Q and Kirk, and like I mean, I just every time I hear one, I'm like, ooh, I know yeah. that because I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bill Bradward? 
Um, I, I don't have anything else. Like I say, I love the conspiracy board uh, mm-hmm. because there's so many deep cut, well, deep cut and non deep cut references. I mean, when you see the Sulaban on the board, it's like, oh yeah, that's great. I think there's an uh, a Zindi on there, um, maybe one of the Zindi insectoids. Uh, just a lot, a lot of references, and that just makes my heart happy. Plus, I mean, DS9. Um, I think that's the closest we're going to get to seeing it in HD on CBS All Access, unfortunately. Oh, uh, come on, CBS. But we it, love you. It, it was fantastic to see. As soon as I saw it, my heart melted a little bit. So, yeah. Um, and Casey saw, I think, just about everything. So, uh, kudos to him. I mean, normally he's not that attentive. Normally. I actually the- watched the episode this week. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. So, it's a yeah, first. I, I figured if we're going to review it, I should watch this stuff. <laughs> I got to agree. I loved the Deep Space Nine flashback. I love the fact that they were wearing the Deep Space Nine slash first contact uniforms yeah. along with their big hair. I thought that was great. One of the things that nobody's talked about yet, which I really loved, was just a quick little reference to Jordy with the teddy bear with the visor. I thought yes. that was brilliant. I thought that was really cool. We've had a visor in every episode so far, and it That's makes right. me wonder um, how many people have visors in the future, um, because it seems like the, everybody on every ship has one so far. Well, we know that Jordy doesn't have it anymore. Oh, so maybe it's Jordy's <laughs> yeah. discount visors. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I mean, Ooh. you can't make your money in engineering. Free tank of gas, you get a visor. <laughs> but that's all I got, you guys. That's this good. week. That's all? That's awesome. That's a That's lot it. of stuff. Epic. They also, uh, also uh, you may have mentioned it, Casey, and I apologize if I missed it. I love the salt, vi- salt vampire reference that we had from yeah. M113. That was pretty cool. And they actually said it twice. One was a salt yeah. vampire and one was a salt succubus. Yeah. I just like Beautiful. to say succubus. Yeah, I was going to say I thought you might <laughs> like that reason. <laughs> Not for the obvious reason. <laughs> okay. Folks... <laughs> We want to take a moment to give a big shout out to our dear friends over at Vansets. As always, they are the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. And as always, they are hard at work coming up with new ideas for pins of all kinds of genres, like Harry Potter, I was just watching that, the DC Universe, Irwin Allen, and of course, Star Trek. Man, you could say that again, Sarah, and I just sit here and listen to you do it. Because I'm lazy. (laughs) They have crew pins. They've got ship pins. They have special collector sets. They also have accessories galore. Like what? Acrylic pin stands, pin portfolio cases, and even locking back so your pins won't fall off. Their customer service is second to none. And you can be sure that every pin they release is of the highest quality because they are fans too. And they know you expect the very best. Which is not what we have on this podcast, but right you are, Casey. Uh, You know, I know that when my orders arrive, I'm going to be very happy with the end result, and we know that you will too. And hey, folks, as we record this week's episode, we are actually celebrating Star Trek Day, the 54th anniversary of the premiere of Star Trek. And to commemorate this very special day, our good friends at Fansets have an amazing list of products that are available right now at fansets.com. Lower Decks has been a huge hit. And you know that Fansets would be proudly representing this new show. So get your crew pins added to your collection right now because they are available. And they include Mariner, Boimler, Tendi, Rutherford, Captain Freeman, First Officer Ransom, Security Chief Shax, and Dr. Ta'ana. They are all available right now at Fansets.com. 
And that's just for right now. That's not all, though. No siree. Coming up on the 15th of September, Soji from Star Trek Picard will be making her debut. Nice. And are you all ready for the next full-size Delta? Yes. I, yes. I really hope you are, because the all-good-things futuristic combat Delta will also be available on September 15th, 2020, Bill. Yeah, that is amazing. Uh, also, Dan, this just in from Podfleet Command. You'll be doing the show alone next week. <laughs> um, I just want to get that out there. A Star Trek yes. e- Star Trek Day is going to be a huge annual event, and Fansets is right there to bring the latest and best Star Trek swag right to your front door. And to help celebrate Star Trek Day, our friends at Fansets have a great offer for Discovering Trek listeners. If you want to save 15% off your entire order at Fansets.com, enter the special discount code LOWERDEX at checkout. That's LOWERDEX in all capital letters with no spaces for some great savings. And don't forget, if you spend $30 or more, you're going to get free shipping in the U.S. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. All right, everybody. Hmm. Hey there, Discovery Trek listeners. Oh, boy. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> now it's time for us to settle in, grab a steaming hot pint of ale, and lend an ear to Sarah's latest Ensign's Log. Like Boimler, Sarah usually drops an Ensign's Log two or three times a day, and they are always a treat and quite a relief. Sarah, the floor is yours. Space, a final frontier. Because it was no longer Starfleet. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. Enterprise. Hit it. Wow, that's the best. Inter- that's almost as good as what I had at my graduation ceremony. Actually, it was the same thing. Weird. It's amazing. I, it's amazing. I up and I stole it word for word. Plagiarism. There you go. You saw the online YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks. Thanks for that, I think. Um, so, <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I'm about. I'm about finding some good lines and some good quotes and... Uh, I don't have a, a thousand like I usually do where I just ramble off and, and quote stuff and, you know, take up everyone's precious time. I got three. I got three today. And here they are. Well, actually, this was already brought up by uh, Mr. Casey when he mentioned one of those sexy people in rompers who murders you for going on the grass. <laughs> I just love that reference because it wasn't that long ago that I had to rewatch that episode for Rewind. And man, those, I mean, those rompers are... They look uncomfortable, but I kind of want to make them a goal outfit for like next summer. I don't know. Anyway, it was a it was a good little throwback, so I wanted to throw that line in there. Uh, the next two I picked as my top two because they're things that I would say. <laughs> Debris? <laughs> yes. What is this? A cheese party? <laughs> that is like my sense of humor in a nutshell. I loved it. It was so funny. And it was this Boimler like trying to be cool and failing miserably, but I'd never heard that before. So and I like cheese. I like de- I like brie. I mean, this yeah. is great. Like, yeah. It's doesn't? everything you could want in an episode of Star Trek. And then lastly, when the alien race we realize he uh 
spoiler alert, was only two of them living on their planet, but they're super rich. You maniac, we just redid the floors. <laughs> That's my favorite <laughs> line because I would be that selfish person who would be like, this house, like we just did the yard. We just finally did the grass. Like don't like, I would, I would fight for a whole planet just for me and my selfish purposes. So that's why I chose it as my favorite line. Um, there was a lot of other good lines. There was a lot of good throwbacks. The, uh, you know, the smorgasbord of Kirk with some, uh, sprinkles of, uh, Mr. Trip and all that. I, there was some really good lines, but I, I struggled with this, as I said earlier. So I found what I could find that kind of stuck out to me and that, that was it. So I'm still looking forward to those reasons and, uh, and oh. deck 47, but that's cool. I got to say, you just said it, sir. My favorite line was the Kirk Sunday with Trip Tucker sprinkles. That was just hilarious. It was one of those laugh out loud lines. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a t-shirt that was, for sure. Yeah. yeah de- definitely is a t-shirt. And, uh, uh, the, the Boimler, uh, debris, Debris, what is this? A cheese party with that outfit that he's wearing? I got. I gotta be talking about that outfit uh, when we get to uh, deck forty-seven. But uh, Casey, what do you got? You got any specific quotes that we haven't talked about already? I, I really liked when Mariner is kind of talking about the Enterprise, and she's all. It's like a new thing every week with those guys. And I, <laughs> I dig the little meta <laughs> stuff going on there. And then the the other one was when a Starfleet relationship seems too good to be true. Then red alert, man. It probably is. It's like, right, it always is. <laughs> I, I did also like the uh, Three's Company callback a little bit when uh, um, Boimler was outside of the shuttle or something and he, he oh, heard yeah. Barb and Jet talking oh, and it yeah. sounded like a little bit of uh, shenanigans might have been going on inside the shuttle. I thought that was pretty good. But Bill, do you have anything specific? Well, maybe they can go down to the Regal Beagle after shift and get a drink. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, my, my two favorite quotes of the week are, are, are really simple, and they both involve names. Uh, and the first of which would be, your name's Bradward? <laughs> I mean, because who the hell is named Bradward? I love that. I love that context for, for Boimler because it just it says so much about him. And then uh, move Jennifer has to be another one of my favorites because <laughs> Jennifer's an Andorian. And how many Andorians are named Jennifer? <laughs> At least one that we know of. At least yes. one. That it's was canon funny. now. Yeah, it is yeah. canon. Mm-hmm. It is so canon. That's right. Those are mine. Very nice. Lots of quotes. Good quotes. Yeah. Oh. You know what? There wasn't a lot of this week. A lot of stuff to have to go into the decon chamber for. I was a little disappointed. Um, now, last week's whole episode could have been a decon chamber when you really think about that's it. That's true. I'm sorry I missed being able to discuss Moist Vessel with, with everyone, but uh, I only could come up with a couple of things here for this week here in the decon chamber, and please correct me if you have anything else to add. I've loaded the appropriate decon gel into compartment B. Uh, first of all, lots of blood on Mariner when that shape-shifting giant thing split open and ate that girl's face right off. I thought yeah. that was awesome in so many levels, but there was a lot of blood, and there was a lot of drool coming out of that thing. Whatever, I can't even remember the name of what he was, because he's a new shapeshifter from what I could tell. I've never seen him before. Um, I'm kind of hoping that Bill might be kind of like that, and, and that whole outfit that he's got going on right now just really isn't working for him. But anyway, the other thing that I really uh, thought could go in the decon chamber was when Boimler was acting all cool and having to go down there and show off to his girl. Yeah, he kind of dumped a whole pint of beer on her, so that was kind of fun too. See, the, 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 the decon chamber doesn't have a lot of stuff that you need to decontaminate with this week. Really glad you did your research this week. <laughs> <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's good for for him to have a light, (laughs) a very light episode when he comes back, get back into the flow. I I know. Jumping back on that bicycle. Jumping back on that anything. Yeah, it's great. I tell you. Hey, you never know. Boimler, maybe maybe he had to, you know, do some stuff with some manscaping that seemed to be going on over there. Oh, my. like, boy, that was a bold move to just nude up completely. (laughs) And that sensor bar was pretty short. Yeah. Well. Anyway, <laughs> leaving that alone. Yeah. Uh, so you know what, folks? Now it's time for us to get in the turbo lift, go all the way down to the lowest of the lower decks to discuss some other elements of this week's episode in Deck 47, sponsored by our dear friends over at Science Division. They're the makers of the galaxy's first interactive triple that you can control with your very own smartphone. These brand new triples will be an incredible addition to your Star Trek collection. And you can find out more at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. <laughs> They're not dangerous. Um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So I've been looking forward to this segment of the show all recording long because Sarah gave this one and a half pips, and I'm interested in knowing why. So we're going we're gonna to start with you, Sarah. We're going to put the spotlight on you. <sighs> Section 31 is questioning you here in Deck 47. That, and that's fair. Because I'm usually very, very optimistic and very, very generous with my points. But I I watched this episode and I I don't think I gave it a a lot of attention. So I was excited to, I was sort of excited to watch it again to see if it was just a matter of, it was was me and my mood that day. But I just, I gave it a point for the great references and like the little one-liners and stuff because there's always going to be those there. And I gave it a point five because of Vancouver. Mm -mm. Um, (laughs) What? You know what? And I'd even maybe consider giving an extra bonus 0.5 for the guest starring voices of Matt Walsh in it, who I yeah. am such a fan of and, yep. you know, fantastic. So that was that was props. I love listening for what kind of awesome addition are we going to get this week that we're not really going to be aware of until we see the names, right? But for me, I just found this episode to be not great because I find in general, oftentimes, and this is, this is, you know, people can come at me if they want to on Twitter, but I find that Star Trek has a really hard go with romance and relationships a lot of times. There's been very few that I consider to be top-notch um, romances I've enjoyed watching. And so even when they're just kind of playing at jokes, I still found it didn't hit the points for me. I found that Mariner was kind of mean to Boimler. Like it was harsh in some ways about how no one could like you. And I mean, I know there's a parasite involved, but I, I didn't like it. And I don't like women fighting over men in care in TV shows in general a lot of the time. So that was the plot of this, even though again, there was an excuse for it because the poor guy had a had a parasite. But I just I just thought it brought out the worst of her at Mariner personally. So I'm not going to hold it against her because it was a, a situation with a, a invasive species. But yeah, I didn't love it. And then I just, the other storylines that were going on just didn't capture me enough. So I just found that I was like, just kind of listening for some fun one-liners. And I was like, I'm ready for the next one. Like, you know, it okay. didn't move the story along. I don't think it really gave a lot of depth to the characters that I needed it to give. But that's okay, because it's still Star Trek and it's still new Star Trek and I'll... I'll probably watch it again. No, those are all good points. I got to say, I do agree with you. I did not really, you know, I wasn't really, you know, excited about the uh, Rutherford Tendy story. I thought that was kind of slow. Okay, they're, they're, and then they started like, you know, going up against each other to who could scan the most things and kind of a interesting battle. But I got to say, I loved 
Jillian Jacobs as Barb. I thought she did a great job in this one. Um, I really love the the references and that, and I love the the action, the fast pacedness of this episode, even with as crazy as Mariner was. And I do agree with you there, Sarah. She was acting a little bit uh, over the top. I thought really quickly, and I don't know if that was more of a jealousy thing with her. And she has feelings for Boimler that doesn't she doesn't really want to accept. So she turns that into what she turned it into in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the one other thing I will bring up before. I pass along to bill is i cannot wait till stlv next year to see dayton ward cosplaying as boimler in his cool <laughs> outfit he talked about it on his social media pages this week and i'm holding him to that i can't wait to see him with the gold chains and the starfleet jacket and the pink sunglasses baby that's gonna be awesome <laughs> bill what do you got and the purple hair don't forget the yeah, purple, purple hair hair is everything <laughs> I have to agree with Sarah on a lot of things. And I think the thing that's been troubling me the last couple of episodes is that already five episodes in Lower Decks is starting to become a little tropey. And it doesn't make me dislike the show any. I've I've enjoyed each of the episodes. But we're painting a picture where the Cerritos is a rust bucket that's falling apart. And everybody on every yeah. other Starfleet ship is a dick. Yeah. And, and I think that's dangerous. Because Starfleet is supposed to be you know the best of the best. Um, and it's something I hope they get away from as the show matures, but in this episode, it was a little distracting and that's kind of why it came down with two and a half pips for me. Um, not only for women fighting over a man, as Sarah so aptly points out, but also for the fact that Starfleet as an organization seems to suck. I mean, here we have, uh, Commander Docent, um, Mm. you know, willing to stun those guys to transfer them to his place so he can take theirs. And that just seems because he's stressed out. Dude is stressed out to the max. And that just strikes me as very non-Starfleet. So I, I think that's my concern. I, again, I love the episodes. I love the show. But if we're supposed to take this as canon, then it's painting a picture of the future that is less than admirable and less than Star Trek, honestly. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Casey? Yeah. I... I- I got what everyone's saying, because part of what I was thinking about is, like with Docent, is we're kind of seeing the stress on a senior officer that I think was really downplayed in other series, where it's like, you know, oh my gosh, this week we almost all died. And then there's no carryover on certain things where there isn't um, a repetitive action that finally has a consequence. And I think we're seeing it here. It does make... People seem on other, I mean, the captain on the other ship, just jerky right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then and then her character basically just disappears and does nothing. Yep. On her own ship. <laughs> on her, on own her own ship. ship. And that's why I was like, wait, what, what was going on here with Freeman? Um, I liked that we had outside protagonists finally on this. Um, I, I liked very much that Tendi, for me, seemed more enthusiastic and not manic. It was like, she's very passionate about what she's doing and her friends um and i i found that the the competition between them friend friendly-ish enough that it was enjoyable and that neither of neither of them played any dirty pool with the other oh he turned on his little cybernetic implant though that's cheating but but that was helping him he didn't do something to actually hinder her right so I mean I, I could this could be apples and oranges type mm-hmm. of thing, um, 
and I was I was happy to see a little bit more of that were expanding the the universe of this show. But once again, when I look at things, it's like it, is the Cerritos an old rust bucket uh, or not? And is it known for being a, a bad ship, weak crew? Because everyone that they run into definitely has uh, some attitude mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with yeah, them true. going on. Um, and I'm I'm really hoping that if we're, we're building relationships between people, that the Mariner and Boimler friendship, and I think it's beca- it's like, how long have they known each other already? Because they've known each other before we came into the show. And is, is this progressing where I hope it's really just a deeper friendship and not a romantic thing that just goes into tropes? And, and we can see what's happening there. Um, yeah, and Boimler for me, I mean, part of it was like, gosh, he's sometimes just this spineless, I say, a pile <laughs> of Play-Doh that will just be shaped by whatever is happening at that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. I just wanted to touch on something that Bill said that really kind of made like my whole brain just like shift and then I had all these ideas running at me, how you're talking about that dangerous line of canon and the way that the characters are behaving, because... It is such a good point because I am worried that they're going to have too many snarky people or too many moments of being inappropriate for humor because I look at that fine line and I love to give the example of both um, Tignataro's character on Discovery. Like, I think that that's a good line mm-hmm. because I know people just like that. I've worked with people like that. That's a realistic kind of somewhat borderline appropriate, inappropriate. But then also Rafi, I think, is a really mm-hmm. great character that's on Picard, who's not what we're used to, but it's a very realistic type of person that you're going to see. And that's, to me, I always look at Starfleet as being very similar to any army or navy or or thing in the world there's always going to be flawed people that are in it for the wrong reasons or they've been able to get away with stuff so i'm just interested to see if lower decks kind of if they keep going the route they're going or if they just pull back a bit or because it is starting to become mm-hmm. like every episode it's like god these people are so stuck on themselves or this is like this conversation should never happen <laughs> with people of that you know right. level so it's just really interesting to see that um it happened again and if it's gonna you know i mean it's funny don't get me wrong yeah yeah no absolutely funny yeah um i was gonna bring up two other points that that i didn't bring up before first of all we're talking about how you know the cerritos has problems and stuff is shorting out and and i'm wondering if if they're purposely doing that the writing staff and the reason i bring it up is because i noticed something when i was watching it this week is every starship that we've seen that I can remember. The name of the ship and the registry number is right on the front of the hall for everybody to see. The Cerritos, it's in the back of the saucer section. And I find that very interesting that it's not in the front, it's in the back. And I don't know if that's just some little play on things that the writing staff is doing with the fact that it was originally dubbed the least important vessel in Starfleet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I could definitely be just really out in left field. Well, I mean, look at the Shenzhou, right, from Star Trek Discovery. It's on the sides. Oh, that's true. It's not even on the front. Yep, yeah, that's true. So I, I think it's just them making an artistic choice. I mean, maybe there is something to it, but it strikes me as as probably being the coolest place for it because then they could make it white. So I it love popped. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do like it. And the other thing that I really hope we get to see on Lower Decks, it's obvious that these four characters are the stars of the show, but yeah. we've never really seen the four of them 
doing things together. It's always Mariner and Boimler and Tendi and Rutherford off doing their own two separate things. And I hope that in future episodes, we get to see all four of them really working on something to uh, to try to solve a problem or to, or to make something good happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be very cool. And like yeah. Sarah said, with everything that you said, Sarah, that with all those types of people on certain things who go, you know, if these characters stay annoying, do you want to hang around with them? <laughs> Do you want to keep watching it? Like, you know, mm-hmm. part of it I keep going is like, who who is the one or multiples that we're rooting for or identifying with? Yeah. Right. More of the doctor. Well, <laughs> there you go. That's a snarky I can get behind. <laughs> well, um, speaking of annoying, uh, Casey, why don't you um, tell us all what's coming up next week on Discovering Trek Lower Decks? Long range scan of planet complete. Dem's colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mine. Sorry. <laughs> Next time on Discovering Trek, we are ready. Uh, we're already more than what? Halfway through season one of Lower Decks. And next week, we will discuss episode six entitled Terminal Provocations. Ensign Fletcher makes work difficult for Mariner and Boimler while Rutherford introduces Tendy to a holodeck training program he created. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere fine podcasts are found. Plus, now you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to, you know it, bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. Other perks, that's right. We would like to take a moment to thank the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we truly are grateful for their support. Ken Tripp, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, Kyle Castillo, Chaz Bradshaw, Kimberly Hartman, Christina Werther, Steph Lescue, Jim McMahon, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at $1 a month. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Plus, for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other podcasts from the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. In addition to Rewind with Sarah here, there's Politrek's Five-Year Mission, the podcast, and the brand new Infinite Trek, providing even more discussion on Star Trek Lower Decks every Tuesday. To find all our podcasts and where you can download them, visit trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network, no one talks Trek like we do. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, amazing time. It's so great to be back. And special thanks again to my amazing co-hosts for steering the ship last week. Sarah, Casey, and Bill, my Cupid's arrow is always pointing right at the three of you. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks all for joining me here. And I can't wait to get together next week as we sit down to discuss episode six, Terminal Provocations. And until next week, Never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. 
Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.